Bless you and happy Monday is Apostle Anthony Wilson. And you're listening to Love Thy Neighbor on Anchor Radio. Also broadcasting all over in Spotify, Podcasts, Google Casts, every single place that you can find that there are podcasts, we are there. Just want to say God bless you this morning. I'm so happy uh, to be with you. Hopefully you are enjoying the worship. We're going to get right back into it. But today we're going to dive in deeper Mm -hmm. to the breakthrough mindset, the breakthrough mindset. There is a certain mindset that you have to have to walk in the overcoming, achieving, uh, discovering and advancing power of God. And so we're going to talk about that today. And so God bless you. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the rest of this worship.
Hey, God bless you. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson. You're listening to Love Thy Neighbor. I'm so glad that you tuned in. I pray that you've been blessed uh, by the content and the things that we've been talking about over the last month. Uh, We're coming to the end of the month. We're still talking about the powerful, powerful uh, understanding of what it means to walk in breakthrough. Uh, This is your breakthrough season. And if you're going to really have that breakthrough season and get all that you can out of it, you're going to have to learn how to have the right mindset. And the right mindset is the mindset that will help you to break through. Uh, God desires for his people to overcome, to achieve, to have significant discoveries and advancements in their mission, assignment and calling. And we've got to get to the place where we understand how important that is. So operating in that breakthrough mindset is going to take a shift um, in your paradigm, a shift in your thinking. And it begins with understanding the three things that I've been preaching and teaching and trying to get every believer I don't care what church you go to. I don't care how long you've been saved. You need to understand that God has given each of us uh, individually and collectively a mission to accomplish, an assignment uh, to achieve, and a calling that he has called us to. And all of these things focus how we live our lives. It is the guidelines by which uh, we choose and make our decisions on where we're going to live and where we're going to work and what businesses we're going to start, what uh, uh, churches that we're going to go to, what neighborhoods that we're going to uh, serve in, what schools and what uh, degrees we're going to pursue. All of those things are dictated by what has God called me to? What is the assignment on my life? What is the mission that he has given me? Instead of this opposing mindset, which is materialism. Uh, I I want to go after the best this and the best that and the best other. Uh, I want to achieve all these goals and things uh, that make my life uh, better here uh, and now having my best life today or or, uh, uh, fulfilling the things that make me comfortable and make me feel good about who I am and what I'm doing, as opposed to the idea that when the Lord saved you, when he called you out of sin into salvation, that you were called into a new life. And in this new life, the old passions, the old desires, uh, the old goals, the old dreams, the old visions now have passed away and God wants to deposit or has deposited brand new goals, brand new visions, brand new passions, brand new ideas, brand new things that are in you um, to fulfill the purpose that he saved you for. He already knows that when you get into his presence, when you enter into that season of eternity and the Bible says that we will live and reign with him, when you get there, you'll be as comfortable as you want to be. You will have everything that you will ever need. You will not suffer ever again. But while you're here, you're on assignment. You are left here to fulfill a a mission, a 
purpose, to answer a call. If he just wanted to save you and uh, and, and make your life easy, he would have just saved you and took you to heaven. He'd have saved you and just took you out of this world. But we know that in this world, there will be tribulation. There will be troubles. There'll be trials. There'll be testings. There'll be suffering. And all of that is uh, in the way of or obstructing or becoming an opponent or an obstacle of the mission, the assignment, the calling, the purpose that God has for us. And we have to live our life as Christians on that mission trying to accomplish or achieve that assignment or or fulfill that calling. That's what it's all about. And to get people to shift their mind from this idea that it's all about me. It's all about what I want to do. It's all about, you know, um, fulfilling my hopes and my dreams. And if, if God gave me this dream, then I should chase the dream. No, if God gave you the dream, then the dream should be about his purpose. And his purpose is very simple. Save souls, equip and encourage the saints so that they can go out and save souls and equip and encourage each other. Really, it's that simple. I know we've made it more complicated. We have created a complexity about this particular subject uh, because uh, so many of our heart's desires are wrapped up in materialism. So many of our heart's desires are wrapped up in uh, personal achievement, um, finding that place of comfort. We want to retire. We want to hit the beach. We want rest and relaxation. And living our life on mission is very difficult because it feels like, well, when is the mission over? When is God done with me? When can I go and relax and not have to think about, you know, um, helping this person or helping that person? When do I stop going through things that are difficult for me and I begin to just have uh, luxury and and just live my best life now? And this stems from um, this prosperity gospel that has plagued and devastated um, American Christianity. It has influenced us. It has derailed us at times. Um, It has thrown us off track. And this prosperity gospel, simply put, uh, says that if you ask Jesus to come into your heart, then you are saved. And from that point, you are entitled to a life of health, wealth and prosperity. And that is oppositional to what life really is about in Christ. Life in Christ is really about you being saved from the punishment of your sins and the power of your sins, that your sins no longer can control you. Now you can choose to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. What God has given you is an opportunity to fulfill the purpose that you were actually created for. And that purpose is to uh, obey God, keep his commandments, to be in right relationship with God as Adam was in the garden. And Adam in the garden was doing what God commanded him to do. Adam in the garden was in relationship with God in such an intimate way. It was never about Adam having this or having that. It was about Adam fulfilling the assignment, the mission, the calling that God placed upon his life. 
and getting people to understand that from the moment that Jesus is Lord of your life, we are called to stewardship. We are called to manage God's property from that time forward. The Bible says in uh, Psalms chapter eight, verses uh, uh, four through eight, he says, what is man? that you are mindful of him, that you made him a little bit lower than the angels, that you put everything that you created under his hand. You called him to have dominion over the earth. What it, what happened there? God created man to be a steward over his property, over his creation. And man was serving God's purpose. Sin comes into the world and man now tries to serve their own purpose, their own needs, their own agenda. And when people preach the prosperity gospel, what they do is they stamp Jesus on a particular lifestyle that is still about me following my agenda, my heart, my desires. And when that is preached from the pulpit and then people run into trouble in their life, they run into problems in their life. They run into health issues. They run into suffering. They run into uh, suffering whether uh, because uh, uh, they've done wrong. They run into suffering because uh, sometimes you're totally innocent. Uh, uh, sometimes you run into suffering because God has a redemptive purpose. And, and God, at the end of the day, has called us to focus our attention on what he desires for us to do so that when we go through we know that we have God's full backing because we are fulfilling the thing that he has assigned us to do. And so he will equip us with the provisions, with the resources, uh, with whatever we need to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. And so uh, whether you're a fivefold minister, you're an elder, deacon, um, whether you are simply just a person who has gifts of the spirit, these things have been given to each of us to fulfill God's purpose, not our own. And so often it is, it is, it is so subtle that we hear people preaching and teaching and we read in books, a, a message, a, a method of teaching that creates this me centered, uh, approach to serving God instead of a God centered approach to serving God. Uh, that's why the first major mind shift is that we have to understand that our salvation is for our benefit, but it's for God's purpose, not just for our benefit, that we have been saved for a purpose. We can have prosperity. We can have health. We can have wealth apart from God. Uh, look at all the people in the world that are billionaires, that are living good, and they don't care about God. They don't have anything to do with God, but they're living good. So health and wealth and prosperity are not a product of God. Satan took Jesus up to the highest point uh, uh, of the world and said, look at all the kingdoms of the world. Look at all that's out there. I'll give it to you if you worship me. And so Satan can offer you prosperity too. Satan can bless your life with the things that you want too. But God is calling you to fulfill a purpose. And a lot of times the greatest obstacles in that purpose is our purpose. And so we've got to shift our mind and make the significant discovery that really it's not all about me. My marriage is not about me. Let me focus in on that. Marriage 
is about the mystery of Christ and the church. Your marriage is supposed to reflect the redemptive power, the sanctifying power of the relationship between Christ and his church. When a man marries a woman, there is a redeeming. Anything that has happened before now becomes redeemed because as they come together as husband and wife, they disconnect from their past and they start a brand new life. Most people don't start a brand new life when they marry. What they do is they take all of their hopes and dreams from before they were married and now they try to fulfill them in their marriage instead of starting fresh in their marriage and pursuing what God has brought their marriage together for. Mm. And so you have selfish people focusing on getting their own needs fulfilled in their marriage. And so because of that, their marriages struggle, whether it's in the church or out of the church. That's why marriage today for a lot of people is just a piece of paper because they don't believe in the relevance or the need for it because you can just have a partner and have sex and be uh, intimate with somebody and not marry them. But marriage is something that has to do with God, not uh, making you a better person, not making you, uh, uh, it doesn't make you uh, any better than anybody else. Marriage is something that is a step to obey the will and the purpose of God. This was God's purpose. God performed the first marriage. God took from Adam's rib Eve, and then he brought her to him in a wedding the father always brings and presents the bride. God was the father and he presented his bride to her, to him. And then Adam spoke his vows. He looked at her and he said that she is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. At that particular moment, they were married and they were to be together. And that was uh, God's purpose, God's plan. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 19, that from the beginning, God made them male and female and God ordained for the two to become one flesh. So what God puts together, let no man separate. There's so many marriages that people put together. There's so many marriages that are so uh, not God centered, but they're me centered. Let me get off of that soapbox and move on. Even our singleness should be viewed through the assignment what if God has got you in a season of singleness because there's something that he wants to accomplish through your singleness and you're focused on uh, trying to get married and God is saying, no, hold on. I'm trying to do something in you. I want you to, to be a voice to the saved singles and to the unsaved singles because God's purpose is always saving the lost and then equipping and encouraging the saved. And we've got to understand that that is the ultimate uh, objective of God is to bring people into right relationship with him and then grow them up in that relationship with him so that they can go out and bring people into right relationship with him. I know it's too simple. It's so simple that only a theologian can mess this up, that God has a purpose and, a, and his purpose is going to be uh, fulfilled when we take everything, every aspect of our life. If God has called us to, to go to college and get a degree, then that degree is so that God can build a platform for you to preach his word the same way he did uh, for uh, Ezra uh, in the book of Nehemiah. They built a platform so that Nehemiah 
could stand up and preach God's word. God will, will build a platform for his word to be preached. We think God is building a platform so that we can prosper, so that we can have all the things that we want. But God is opening doors so that his word can go to places where it has not gone, where his word can penetrate the hearts and minds of people who may not have understood it or may not know it. And so you got to understand that my whole life has to be viewed through what is God's mission, what is God's assignment? What is the calling that he's put on my life? I wish I could get every single Christian to recalibrate their thinking, to go from a me-centered, uh, uh, what is my purpose to what is God's purpose through my life? Let me say that again. We're always searching for what is my purpose. What is my purpose in the world? God is saying, no, but what is, what is God's purpose through your life because God has a purpose that he wants to accomplish through your life because once Jesus becomes Lord of your life and Lord means master, owner, he, it means that you belong to him. It means that you are his to do what he pleases with. We serve at the pleasure of the Lord, which means we serve as long as the Lord will have us, as long as the Lord will empower us, as long as God will give us the grace to, we serve at his pleasure, not our pleasure. It is God that works in us both the will and to do for his good pleasure. And you have so many enemies that are trying to derail you. You have so many enemies that are trying to sidetrack you. You have so many things that are coming against you. And a lot of times the enemy is the inner me. There's something in me that is working against the will of God for my life. And we've got to get to the place where we change the way we think about why we are saved. Paul was very clear when he told young Timothy that those that live godly will suffer persecution. So anytime we're persecuted, we think that something's wrong instead of understanding that something is right. The apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter three and verse eight, he says, I count everything lost. I suffer the loss of everything for the sake of knowing Christ. We, we don't want to lose anything. If we lose something, we're begging God, why, why, why did I have to lose this? Why did I have to lose that? Why did I? But what if there's a greater purpose? What if you need to lose that in order to get closer to God so that you can fulfill the mission, the assignment or the calling that is on your life? God is calling us to greatness and greatness, meaning the service of a greater purpose than ourselves. Jesus said, if any man is going to be great, then he must be the servant of someone else. Your greatness is in you serving God and being the vessel, the conduit, uh, being uh, the, uh, uh, the, the tool that God uses to fix and change and rearrange and, and help people that otherwise would never come to know him. People that would be living as Christians, but yet discouraged and, and broken and, 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 and not fulfilling their purpose because they don't understand. And so I don't care if you're, if you're an apostle, then you take on the burden of suffering for the church, for the church to be built, not so that your name can be big, not, not, not so you can just have books and, and CDs and dress, dress in fancy suits. No, you are to suffer so that the church can be built. If you're a prophet, you suffer 
that the word of God, that the heart of God may be known to the believers. Uh, you, you suffer for that. Uh, sometimes it means that you have to uh, uh, change your life. Sometimes it means that you're going to be hated. Sometimes it means that people are going to be angry with you. Sometimes it means that, you, that you're not going to be able to take certain jobs that you want to take because God wants you in a position to spend more time with him so that you can speak for him. If you're a pastor, you're going to suffer for the well-being of of the body of Christ, for your church that you have been called to shepherd over. You're going to suffer because there are going to be difficult times as you serve the needs of others because that's what pastors do. That's what shepherds do. They serve the needs of others. If you're a teacher, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer to study more. You're going to suffer to spend more time breaking down scripture so that people can know the truth and understand what's in it. It means that that there's times where you're not going to have time to yourself because you have a mission. You have an assignment. You you have a calling on your life. If you're an evangelist, you're going to suffer to save the lost. You're going to be put in positions where you got to go places that other people won't go. You you, got to uh, uh, recalibrate your life, uh, reposition yourself so that you can be preaching the gospel on a regular basis because it's about God and not about me. I really wish that people would get this and that they would understand this, that God wants us for his purpose, for his plan, and he wants us to prioritize him. Put your materialism aside and focus on the mission. What is the mission that you've given me? Is it to my family? Is it to my neighborhood? Is it to, uh, what? what is the mission that you've given me? What is the assignment on my life? Am I to teach? Am I to preach? Uh, am, am I to write books? Not for my own edification, but because you have a specific teaching or message that you want to get out there. Do, do I need to be on radio or podcast or TV? Because there's a message that you want me to get out there. And so when I go and I pray for the resources, when I pray, praying for the provision. I'm not praying for my prosperity. I'm praying for the prosperity of God's gospel, not the prosperity gospel. I want God's gospel to prosper, to go forward, to advance, to increase. God, if you enlarge my territory, it's so that I can speak your message to a wider range of people, not so I can just have more. And so often, um, so many sermons uh, deteriorate into you having more and not God accomplishing more through you. And so I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to end this because this is something I'm so passionate about. My five, my, my, my six o'clock in the morning prayer time, man, God is on me heavy that this is my assignment to reconnect people to the mission, to the assignment, to the calling, to the purpose of God and to break them free from their own purposes, their own agendas, their own uh, ideologies, their own vision. God wants you to give, wants to to give you a vision that will help people to either be saved or sanctified. God wants to give you a vision that will help people come into the kingdom or strengthen people that are, are in the kingdom. And this has to be at the forefront of your understanding. And so, I pray that this impacted you. I pray that this empowered you. Share this with a friend. Share this with a friend that really needs a recalibration of their thinking. Because if the body of Christ gets this, people, revival will break forth. Revival will break forth. People will actually bow their knee 
under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and live for him. They won't just take him along for the ride and then pray for their own agenda and hope that the Lord blesses it. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody listening. I pray that there be a paradigm shift, that there be a mind shift, that God, we would shift into a place where we seek and save the lost, that we look to equip and encourage and build up the believers, that we look to live a life that is sold out for you, that our agendas, that our purposes, that our mission, that our plans be put on the back burner and that yours be promoted to the number one priority in our life. I pray for revival in this season of breakthrough. I pray for revival where people would come back to the Lord. I pray that people's lives would be changed for all eternity. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Apostle Anthony Wilson and the Love Thy Neighbor podcast. Believe me, uh, God is doing some awesome things. So continue to help us by contributing. Continue to pass this podcast along to your friends and family. Uh, We're expanding to greater places. We've even broken into overseas. We're in France and Kenya. I can't believe it, but this thing is hitting worldwide. So thank you for those that are contributing, those that are not. Pray about it. Ask the Lord, how can you help? Check us out at Shore Foundation on YouTube. Uh, We're all over social media. Uh, Message me. uh, Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that this is blessing you. Until next week, love your neighbor and love, uh, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.